What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to another episode of Free Method Podcast. Today, I am joined by Heather, and I should have asked you how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> yeah, it's Lasco. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I feel like anytime people I'm interviewing have last names where I'm like, okay, either this is like really easy and it's exactly how it sounds, or mm-hmm. it's like not at all. Like it looks going to be so <laughs> but I swear almost all my interviews, I start with like, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> but yes, welcome to the show, Heather. Yes. Thank you. Well, yeah, I would love if you could take a minute or take really however long you want to mm-hmm. Tell our audience a little bit about you and who you are, what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I am as well a registered dietitian. Um, I can't even remember how many years now. I yes. think I'm like five plus. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, I have been working with uh, specializing in the population of eating disorders as soon as I got out of my internship. Mm-hmm. So um, I started out at a clinic in the Atlanta area, Veritas Collaborative. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I got my foundations. And then I went into mm-hmm. private practice and have been doing that ever since and have a group practice, Confidently Nourished, that mm-hmm. we work with um obviously eating disorders as well as like a weight inclusive approach to um, food and nutrition. Yeah. And where are y'all located in Atlanta or are you somewhere else now? I moved from Atlanta to yeah. Pennsylvania is where I'm originally oh, wow. from. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So um, my practice is based in Atlanta. Probably like 80% of our clients are still from there. Yeah. But um, we see people how many different states now. Oh, yes. Did y'all know, or I guess, did you start your practice before COVID or after COVID? Before COVID. Well, I had an in-person office and then Uh I was luckily a month to month lease. I was so happy. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. (laughs) And so I like just bailed as soon as COVID went virtual and we've actually never gone back from virtual. Wow. Yeah. Cause I was similar of like in person. I mean, I don't even think like I'm, I always try and think back to like Mm -hmm. when I had it, like clients went out of town or certain Mm -hmm. things. Like, I don't even know if we even had the idea of like, Oh, let's just meet via zoom. Cause Mm -hmm. we can still meet, but now it's like transformed everything. I feel like, but I think I was stuck in a lease to like probably September, 2020, where then that time came up of like, okay, so is COVID over? Are we still, is it coming back? Like that weird time Mm -hmm. where I was like, I just canceled the lease. Like I'm, I'm not gonna, but we just recently went back, but still have a lot of, um, kind of both in-person and virtual, but I always love hearing like people who started their practice before COVID, what they 
notice because it, no, it was a very short time in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, okay, well, we're going to go virtual. I was actually yeah. doing virtual before COVID mm-hmm. for some clients in like rural yeah. Georgia that just yeah. like, you know, have no access to mm-hmm. any professional near them. Totally. Yes. Oh, I feel like it's opened up so much more access to care, mm-hmm. especially in those like more rural areas where yeah. maybe there's dietitians, but also who knows if the dietitians are yeah, where their values are <laughs> Yes, yes. So I know a specific kind of specialty and mm-hmm. area that you work in is kind of the overlap of like addiction and eating disorders. And I know um, mm-hmm. something you share is that's from even just your own personal experience. Yeah. So I would love to chat more about that because I feel mm-hmm. like, and we were saying this a little bit before we hit record, I feel like that's such a like common overlap, but I think it's also something that's not really like talked about a lot or something that's not like super well-known. Um, so yeah, I, I also just appreciate your willingness to like talk about your own personal journey. Yeah, definitely. I feel like before I had my journey, there really wasn't anyone else for me to look um, to in like even the dietetics field or Mm -hmm. eating disorder field. Um, So I have been sober since October of 2020. Um, I was addicted to alcohol and I actually didn't go through like a 12 step or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I did things on my own, which is sometimes not recommended, which obviously like there are some risks to that. So you definitely Mm want to make sure you have a healthcare provider and everything um, because of alcohol withdrawal. But um, it was interesting to not have to go down the path of like Mm -hmm. AA or something like that and something more that was aligned with me and my values. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Because I think it, I mean, and I know we see this in eating disorder recovery too. Mm -hmm. Treatment, especially if we're thinking about like higher levels of care, can be super beneficial for some Mm -hmm. people. And then for some people, it maybe isn't super helpful or Mm -hmm. it's not super accessible for them. And so a lot of it is kind of finding for your own like personal journey of like, okay, what's going to really help mm-hmm. and support me instead of feeling like, okay, I need to like do these certain things because that's what people do when they're mm-hmm. recovering. And then obviously, like you mentioned, there's certain things that are kind of like, okay, for your own safety and well being, you may mm-hmm. need to do some of these specific things because they're in place for a reason, yeah. but then using your own discretion to see like what actually aligns with like, me and my journey and what's going to help me. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's kind of like treatment is black and white for sometimes like eating disorder recovery or, um, like drug and alcohol recovery. And really there's so many more options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then for you and your alcohol recovery and then Mm -hmm. eating disorder, were those around the same time? Were they like different times? So they were, um, I started um, all through my dietetic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was just <laughs> thriving in my eating disorder. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> and yes. the school I went to definitely perpetuated that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely like a food is thy medicine, holistic mm-hmm. practice 
chiropractic school. So mm. it was, I thought I was just doing everything right. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to be totally. doing until I came across intuitive eating on mm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why aren't we learning about this? <laughs> yeah. It is. It's wild. I think back to that all the time. And I feel like this is something I talk about with a lot of dietitians here in Nashville is I'm like, do y'all feel like we were like trained how to give people eating disorders? Because that's what I feel like. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I've been unlearning so much of what we mm-hmm. learned. Um, and thankfully, I mean, I don't think it's changed drastically, but from what I've seen, um, I precept some interns at a internship here in Nashville and mm-hmm. some of them now have like an intuitive eating class or health mm-hmm. at every size, like weaved into some of their classes. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, every dietetics program program across the nation, yeah. but I'm like, some people are getting some of Somewhere. it, but I'm like, At least, I, like something. <laughs> yes. Like I, like you, I'm like, I learned about it. Mm-hmm. I think after my internship through Instagram or mm-hmm. through a friend, like not in school at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and like, the, I was like thriving with my easy and yeah. alcohol, like alcohol yeah. as bad mm-hmm. until I like fully dropped eating disorder behavior, then I kind of fell back onto Mm -hmm. like that as my coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you see that in, um, maybe people you work with who also are navigating kind of the intersection Mm -hmm. of both where like you recover maybe from one, Mm -hmm. but then it makes the other one louder because you're not using, let's say the eating disorder to help cope. Yeah, it can totally do that. I've seen that in clients that I work with or even Mm -hmm. just other individuals that I've connected with um, now that I've like opened up about my experience that once they either got sober or Mm -hmm. like they weren't engaging in ed behaviors anymore, the Mm -hmm. other voice was even louder. For sure. And I think that's so common even with other behaviors, like I, I have some clients I've worked with who've struggled with self-harm in the past, or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe are currently struggling and it can be, I feel like so easy to kind of like pop around where it's like, okay, well, the self-harm behaviors are like kind of in a good place, not super pertinent, but then maybe the eating disorder gets a lot louder or Mm -hmm. vice versa. I call like (laughs) whack-a-mole. Yes. yes. When you like work on one thing, then like another Mm -hmm. thing just rears its head. Yes. Yes. And I think that's so much of just the, like the struggle with recovery in general is because it mm-hmm. isn't as just like straightforward and textbook of like, okay, here's what you need to do to recover. And then you'll mm-hmm. just go on your happy way. Yeah. Usually eating disorders exist with something else as well, whether mm-hmm. it is some sort of like drug or alcohol addiction, other mental health conditions mm-hmm. where then it's like, okay, well, how do I recover from this, you know, eating disorder, but also work on whatever else may be present at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. which is a huge reason why I'm sure your practice is similar. Why at our practice, we're always like, you also need to be working with a therapist. Yeah. Cause there's just like, that is like a necessity. (laughs) Yes. I think like even in my own recovery, like, I don't know how I would have made it through without my Mm -hmm. therapist because that was just like very crucial at that time of I'm an mm-hmm. all or nothing type of person. And then he yeah. asked, I just decided to quit one day and I never drank mm-hmm. 
again. And she was like really fundamental in that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think helped you kind of in what we were talking about, about the like whack-a-mole of Mm -hmm. it sounds, it sounds like in your journey, it was like the eating disorder and alcohol were there. And then the eating disorder part, you like recovered from that, moved forward from Mm -hmm. that. And then naturally the whack-a-mole, the alcohol part got louder. So what do you Mm -hmm. think helped you as you were getting to the point of like sobriety Mm -hmm. to not then run back to the eating disorder or pick up some other behavior? I think it was because I was really solid in my eating disorder recovery at the time that like I was ready to take Mm -hmm. on something else. And I feel like maybe if I wasn't like, I'm not sure what way it could have gone. And so having like a lot of support, um, via Mm -hmm. friends and family was Mm -hmm. also huge of letting people know like, Hey, I'm working on this now. And that accountability piece, um, was really helpful. Mm, Yes. Gosh, I feel like accountability is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could see that playing a role in those like that whack-a-mole factor too of like, okay, if I'm working on recovering from A, how can I make sure I also don't go running back to B? Um, And I wonder too, or go ahead. Yeah. I think at that point too, I was also like, you know, we are trying to take care of our body and everything. So I knew that going back to my eating disorder wasn't going to help anymore. It's almost like that. Like once, you know, you like can't unknow. Totally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause you get to a point of like, okay, this eating disorder like really doesn't serve the purpose I thought it served. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, probably originally, and especially thinking about things we learn in school, you maybe think like, oh, I'm being so healthy. I'm taking care Mm -hmm. of my body, like all of that. But then once you learn like, wait, this is like the opposite of health. I'm not taking care of my body. Then it makes you realize like, wait Mm -hmm. a second, I don't need to go running back to that. And obviously it's not as easy as just like, I think also, um, it kind of opened my eyes to question my relationship with alcohol of mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah. wow. Like, is this really serving me? Mm-hmm. Um, or am I using this now as yeah. a way to cope with things since mm-hmm. I don't have these other things I used to use? Totally. And I feel like this is probably a weighted question, but what do you feel like when it comes to like alcohol and thinking about it in like the intuitive eating world, mm-hmm. what are, what does that conversation look like with clients of yours? And I know it may differ depending mm-hmm. on the client and if they have any addiction yeah. or not, but what are some things you like help clients navigate there mm-hmm. as they're maybe kind of discovering like what alcohol looks like in their own personal yeah. journey? You're really questioning like why we're drinking mm-hmm. Um, right. Are we drinking for like celebration or fun? How often mm-hmm. is it happening? How is it like affecting our physical and mental health? Mm-hmm. Um, are we able to function like how we would want to as well? Mm-hmm. I know that was a big thing yeah. <laughs> for me, but I was like, oh, I know yeah. if I quit drinking, I'll be able to function a hundred times better, but I couldn't mm-hmm. do it at the time. Yeah. yeah that makes and total so- sense. 
yeah, going through some of those things and seeing like, you know, what has someone's relationship been Mm -hmm. with alcohol? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. did they binge drinking or something like that? And see like, if if they were to stop drinking, what would happen? Would they get Mm -hmm. like really nervous? Would they feel like they couldn't go to get togethers? parties, things like that. For some people it can be a challenge. Like, can I go to a party sober Mm -hmm. and still have fun? Yeah. And I feel like there's, gosh, probably a lot of overlaps when we think about like diet culture and then just kind of like drinking culture. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it makes me especially think of like college where it's just like Mm -hmm. so normalized to like binge drink, drink every day, drink. I mean, so much. Mm-hmm. and like it not be a big deal and then just like how you know diet culture skipping meals cutting yeah. out certain foods so that i feel like probably makes it really hard too for people to really get honest with themselves of like okay just because this is normalized mm-hmm. doesn't mean it actually should be true for me yeah i think there's also that like component too of like kind of with eating <clears throat> disorders disordered eating um yeah. you know, i'm sick enough type yeah, of mentality so like oh like do I have a hundred percent a diagnosis or do mm-hmm. I need like withdrawal treatment yeah or like if I don't need that am I like there's a lot of questioning yeah around that too that makes total sense of like am I really like addicted or maybe mm-hmm. like maybe I just drink a little too much here and there like I totally could see that. Um, And again, because it's probably so, or not probably, it is so like normalized where it's like, Mm -hmm. well, this is what my friends do. So Mm -hmm. like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, Which is interesting to see like in the um, sober space and sobriety Mm -hmm. space, there's Mm -hmm. some like interesting things that promote diet culture when getting sober. Of, yeah. I remember coming across things like now start like eating like this because you're mm. taking your, your body. That would be super yes. true to someone oh with God. eating disorder. Yes. Yeah. Which is so true. Cause I could see that. I mean, even thinking about, and this is something I talk about with clients. Cause I feel like, yeah, talking about alcohol can be such a like blurry line too of like, mm-hmm. okay, are you not having that drink at happy hour because you're worried about the calories Mm -hmm. because not to say like, Oh, you need to for sure have the drink, but it's more so Mm -hmm. like, okay, is that more of this? Why are we avoiding it? Exactly. Of like, but then it's hard because I'm like, you don't really want to pressure someone of like, you need to have that alcohol drink, but Mm -hmm. just kind of pushing into, yeah. of like, okay. Are there some also like diet culture, disordered eating, eating disorder Mm -hmm. thoughts here too? Or is it more just kind of like the alcohol component and not necessarily like the calories or the, you know, sugar, carbs, whatever. But yeah, so I feel like that makes it a very like messy thing to untangle as well. Definitely. And I think that like that sometimes is where we get into like some people might even um, only drink and like then Mm -hmm. engage in other behaviors so that they can drink. Mm -hmm. It's like a mixture of both of those things. Yes, that's so true. We're and again, I feel like this is like such a trend in college of like, well, I'm going to skip dinner so I can drink more, or so mm-hmm. that you know the alcohol will affect me more. Yes, and those yeah. not seeming like that, not seeming like an issue because it mm-hmm. feels very like 
you know, normalized when in reality it's like, wait a second. But like, are they? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And like, is this really like healthy or okay? Like probably not, but it's hard to see when that's like all you really know of like, well, that's just what my friends do. Or that's what, you know, Mm -hmm. makes me maybe show up better at the party and be more social Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, yeah, for, for anyone listening who maybe is even in a place of kind of like assessing kind of their relationship with alcohol and maybe even, you know, an intersection of like alcohol and food, like what are even things and and maybe something you heard or wish you would have heard when you were kind of Mm -hmm. in the throes of all of that? Like, what are some things that could be helpful for someone who maybe is kind of navigating like is this a problem? Is this not? Yeah. Um, because like we said, it, it can be such a kind of blurry line with how mm-hmm. normalized a lot of things are. I think like one thing that was helpful for me was just doing the like alcohol assessment mm, um, yeah. of just like answering those questions. I was like, whoa, I scored like way higher than I, yeah. I was going to score. Um, on that. And they were just very simple questions mm-hmm. of like, how is it affecting your day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it making you depressed? Like, mm-hmm. and certain other things where that like kind of was like an insight of like, okay, you can take that test literally online for free. <laughs> yeah. That's so um, helpful. Yeah. And then also like for me, a lot of Instagram accounts that I just started Mm -hmm. following other people, Mm -hmm. either living like sober curious lifestyles Mm -hmm. or um, sober lifestyles, just seeing like kind of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. It was almost like tiptoeing in to see if like, could I do this? Yeah. And everything and seeing other people do it was very encouraging. Um, Yeah. And then like starting, uh, I think it was a challenge that I started. It was like, mm. um, sober October Yeah, <laughs> what it was. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then mm. after I did that, I just never wanted to go back. Yeah. 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 And I feel like that can probably be really helpful to see like, okay, in cutting this out, what yeah. am I noticing? You know, is this harder than I thought? And I'm mm-hmm. sure maybe that was helpful for you in seeing like, do I need more support in this? Yes. Or am I able with accountability from therapists, friends, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I could see that also being helpful for people to kind of navigate, like, can I do this on my own? Do I need mm-hmm. some other more kind of like structured resource? And yeah. I like the idea of the assessment too, because I think it creates almost this kind of like, unbiased like third party in a sense of like Mm -hmm. let me just answer these questions and see where I land yeah and go from there yeah I think a lot of I'm also thinking of back then of like a lot of quitlet is what they call Mm -hmm. it um so many like sober books and different things that talk about (laughs) just like quitting drinking or Mm -hmm. um anything like that that were so fundamental and like I just read them all the time and it was Mm. so helpful and inspiring I'm trying to there was like one that was so good it was like quit like a woman or something yeah okay I feel like I've heard (laughs) of that book yes yeah and it also talked about like diet culture and some Mm. different things in there too so I was like that was actually like a 
friendly type of mm-hmm. resource. Yeah, that's true. Cause I could see some of those. And I think you were saying this earlier mm-hmm. where it could be very like diet culture entrenched of like, yes. oh, and think of all the calories you'd save and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Or, like, so different challenges, like people would start a challenge of like 75. Oh yeah. Or, or <laughs> yes. and I'm like, like, you know, you're just trying to quit drinking. Now you're trying yes. to do all these other things. It's yes. not setting yourself up. No, no. Like, yes. Like that is what can lead to an eating disorder. So let's not mm-hmm. do that. Um, but yeah, that's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I feel like it's helpful when assessing your relationship with alcohol and even doing any of these like sober October or dry January mm-hmm. to not think like, oh, well, maybe I also should like cut out sugar or Mm -hmm. like not eat carbs to really try and just focus on like the alcohol itself. Yeah. If that feels like important to you, because Mm -hmm. I think it is easy for like these certain fads to kind of loop in like, okay, I'm not Mm -hmm. drinking and I'm also not doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, that might yeah, not be like a great. health challenge or something. And totally. then it's, how do you even know how you're feeling at the end of that? If you took yes. like all of these things out, which you exactly. probably last the 30 days with all of that anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes. Gosh. Well, Heather, thank you so much just for sharing some of your story. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's yeah going to be super helpful. And, and like I said earlier, I think it's something that we're seeing people talk about more and more, but still, I feel like it's not Mm -hmm. talked about all the time in terms of the just intersection, especially of like alcohol addiction and eating disorder recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, For people who want to learn more about you, learn more about your practice, where can they find you? Yeah. So I can be found um, on Instagram at confidently underscore nourished or at confidentlynourished.co is um, the website we have. We have a ton of like resources on our blog and everything. So there's even one about um, like drinking and Mm, disorders. So there's an article there that can also be looked at for some more information too. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And thanks for taking time for this conversation. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at free method nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.